in we've been in Acts 13 for several weeks inside of this and looking at the sure blessings of David or sure mercies of David as it relates to the inheritance of the Lord. And, and just to remind us uh, for a moment, in back in Ephesians 1, a few weeks ago, we looked at Christ's inheritance in the church. And we consider a lot of times our inheritance. But it's our inheritance as joint heirs to him. And I, I believe in, in a certain degree, we would have no inheritance if we were not joined to the Lord. I, I believe that more than a certain degree. I believe that. And Paul prayed for them, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, if that's Paul's prayer, and Paul wrote a large uh, portion of the New Testament scripture, that is probably important to us to understand, to get a hold of. And, and as we've looked at this lesson, that's what we're after is getting a hold of his inheritance in the saints. And, and not just that it's his inheritance, but how it affects us. Because we can look in the scripture and we can see his inheritance. And we should do that. Okay. But how does it affect me and you as his body? Does it affect? It should. There should be an effect of the Lord's inheritance to you and I. Should affect us. Should affect the way we think, the way we talk, the way we walk. Should affect us. The gospel should affect you and I, in everything we do. So when we read this, we, we should set our hearts and our minds to the Lord, that, Father, you would affect me in the inheritance of Christ. Now, coming over to Acts 13, where we've read, I don't know if we'll read it again next week, we'll see, but tonight, just going to pick a verse out of here, but we've been reading from 26 down through about 46. But this part of it, God hath fulfilled the same unto their children, verse 33, in that he raised Jesus again, as is written in the second Psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him from the up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said, I will give you the sure mercies of David. So in the inheritance of Christ, he received the sure blessings or mercies, according to the translation, 
of David. And in that translate, in that receiving of the mercies of David, he was not going to return to corruption. And we dealt with this last week. We dealt with him coming out of God and going back into God. Now, again, how does that affect you and I? I believe it's simple. Without him coming out of God, you and I had no access into the life of God. That's the simplicity of the death, burial, and resurrection, that he has given us access in himself. In himself. So we have access. So so we we have access to the Father. Okay. And that doesn't just mean we can talk to God. Doesn't just mean that. That's part of it. But in the access, it means God is our Father. God is our life. God is our source. It brings a, a whole different view than just God does some good things for people in the earth. He's now the source of our life. He's the source of our being. That's how we're in Christ, because God raised Christ from the dead. If he wasn't raised from the dead, we couldn't be in Christ. Without the resurrection, we're not in him. Without the resurrection, we're not saved. And Paul writes that, and we're going to look at it in a minute, 1 Corinthians. Just take your mind back for a moment to early on in this study. We looked at Isaac. And we looked at Isaac for several weeks. Because Isaac was the promised seed of Abraham in the flesh. And the promises of God was to Isaac. But all of Israel received the blessing. See, see, this is what it means, Christ's inheritance in the saints. This is what it means, join heirs with him. All the promises, we read that in Galatians 3 in this study, that all the promises was to the seed. But now that we're included in the seed, all the promises of God that's in Christ is to be known and enjoyed by the church. All of them. All of them he measures out. Is to be known and enjoyed. We don't talk enough about enjoying the things of God. But we should come to a place where we're enjoying our salvation. Enjoying his life. It's a joy to be in the Lord. Amen. So, 
So as we look at this, we've inherited in thy presence is fullness of joy. We've inherited that benefit to be in the presence of the Lord in Christ and have fullness of joy. So we've inherited that. That is ours to know in the knowing of him. Amen. To have joy. That's a, a priceless thing in the natural. Simple as that is. A lot of natural men and women never come to true joy. They have momentary joy, momentary satisfaction. But we have abundance of it. We live in a place of abundant joy and abundant satisfaction and abundant goodness. This is where we live right now. That's what it means to be in Christ, that these things are given to us in the knowing of him. You know, when we say, what is our inheritance? Joy, unspeakable and full of glory. How many, how many Christians say that? I've inherited the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. What a, te what, what a testimony it would be if, if, if you got in a testimony service and somebody said, get up and testify. And you told them, I've inherited the joy of the Lord. I'm living in the favor of God. You, you know, you, 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 sad to say, but you would blow some people's minds. And they need to be blown. They need to be changed. Washed with pure water. That this is what's true in Christ. That's what the Lord's dealing with me. And I try to get over into all the scripture I have to deal with this. And I tell you, I may be at two or three of these, and I probably won't get through my scripture tonight. <laughs> so, so, we, so we come to this place of joy and gladness and mercy and truth. Now, this is an inheritance, folks, because we didn't inherit that in Adam. We inherited grief and condemnation and, and despair and agony. And we receive that by inheritance. You realize that? It was just passed on. Whether you wanted it or not, you got it. <laughs> you were born in sin, according to David. Now, in Christ, you've been born anew. And, and sometimes I don't think we understand that. You know, when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, when this mortal shall put on immortality, I don't think we understand the statements in the gospel sometimes. 
At least I don't. I'm, I'm looking at them last night. I'm going, oh, my Lord. I was taking some notes as the Lord was speaking to me. And uh, I wanted to read Romans 1. I guess I will. And I have down 1 Corinthians 15, but I may have to table that one. But we'll see. Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, the good news of God, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scripture. Here's what he promised in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. By whom we have received, is this some inheritance here? Grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom ye also are called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So by the resurrection of the dead, that's why Isaac is such an important type in the Old Testament because he had to go to Mount Moriah and we dealt with this and in type Abraham had to receive him back from the dead and all of Israel had to receive his inheritance to be the type of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the type had to be tight <laughs> wasn't out here on the fringe god made it tight when you begin to see the lord the truth in christ you see how tight the types and shadows really are and how significant they are because it's in this resurrection see see first corinthians 15 and it's going to read most of it but i want to get into peter I'll read it. We got it. We got a few minutes. First Corinthians 15, 35. But some man will say, How are the dead raised? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not the body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it had pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there's one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. There are celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So, in like manner, so is the resurrection of the dead. 
Now, with this being what people call Resurrection Week, this is fitting. <laughs> it's fitting every day, actually. Somebody asked me today about celebrating Resurrection or Easter, and I said, well, I, I, I'll, I'll throw a twist at you. I celebrate it every day. <laughs> and I'll let that go there because I want to stay focused in here. But so is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Now, until you put Jesus there, I don't know that we see it. He was sown into corruption. He was raised in incorruption. He was sown in dishonor. Jesus is raised in glory. Jesus is sown in weakness. Jesus is raised in power. Jesus was sown into a natural body. Jesus was raised into a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterwards, that which is spiritual, the first man is of the earth earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we've borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Let's, let's just go on down here. Let me get to it in my Bible because that's all the notes I had on how the King James. And so I want to stay with what I'm reading. Now this I say, brethren, now, now before you read verse 50, get kind of take note of what he says in 49. He says, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall bear the image of the heavenly. And then he comes down here and he says, now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. But hold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. Now, now is this the same thing as verse 49? You have borne the image of the earthy, you shall bear the image of the heavenly. This corruptible must put on incorruption. Is that the heavenly? Who did we read is incorruptible? Jesus. Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither shall his body see corruption. So you have... You were born in incorruption, or born in corruption, excuse me. You're raised in incorruption. So is he saying something different down here than what he said in 49? I don't think so. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. 
O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through the Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, if you read this whole chapter down there, down through here in chapter 15, Paul says in one place here, he says, if Jesus hadn't raised from the dead, if Christ hadn't raised from the dead, then those who fell asleep would have what? Perish. And your faith would be in vain. Why would your faith be in vain? Because you wouldn't be part of the resurrection. You would still be an Adam. Now, how do I put on incorruption? Paul said at the last trump. Well, the last trumpet or voice sounding is the voice of the Son of God. When John turned to see the voice, who did he see? He saw one in the midst of seven golden candlesticks clothed with the garment down to his foot, and he heard a voice as a trumpet. And that voice said, come up here, John. In one place. And John was in the spirit. <laughs> and he began to see according to the spirit of God. And what he began to see according to the spirit of God was what Christ had done I believe the same thing. Paul writes here, the abounding in the work of the Lord. When you see by the Spirit of God, you begin to abound in the work he's done. That's what the Spirit of God will begin to show you, what he's done, what he's completed, what, and what is true about you as his body. He'll begin to show you that. Okay, so we go on here to Peter, and we're putting on it. We're talking about putting on incorruption. Now, now, Apostle Peter may tell us a little bit more about this. In First Peter, chapter one, verse one, or verse three. I said verse one, but verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Now, that word hope could have been interpreted expectation, trust, confidence. So you have birth, been birthed into a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So your new birth has to do with his resurrection and into an inheritance that is imperishable or indestructible or incorruptible. And in that definition, it says, hence, immortal, undecaying. So you have come into an inheritance that is undecaying. 
undefiled, and that means free from contamination, untainted, and unfading. It's not going to fade away. It's, it's continuous. And it's reserved in heaven for you at the right hand of the Father, reserved in Christ by the power of God, who through faith are shielded by God's power for the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, so now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more precious than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, fire may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why is that? And here's what I wrote in my notes. That's where you are. <laughs> at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's where you are. What do I mean, that's where you are? Jesus says in John 14, when the Spirit would come, at that day, you will know, I am in my Father. You are where? In me. And I am in you. Then he comes on down and he says, I'm going to manifest myself to you and not to the world. How? My Father and I shall come and make our abode with you. I'm going to reveal myself. So you are at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's where you are. So if we could get out of, at a place or a time or an event, now, if we see the place and the time and event as the person of Christ, that's okay. But if we can change our minds from the place and time and events to him, that where we are at is we're at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You may say, are we going to get done with that? And, I'm, and I may say to you, he's eternal. How do you get done with the eternal one? How long does it take to know him? It may be eternally. Okay. So, so when I look at this, right, I'm at the revelation of Christ. I'm born of the Spirit by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why is it by his resurrection? Because he come out of the dead never to return to corruption. So my new birth is in his life that doesn't have any corruption. That's where my new birth's at. So if I'm going to put on incorruption, I'm going to put on that of him. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to do that through the renewing of my mind. By the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, through the revelation of Jesus Christ, my mind is going to be renewed to who He is, where He is, and what He is. Yes. Because that's my inheritance. 
So this is to me through him. I'm joined with him. Now, if I take him away, I don't have any place here. Now, where do you see that in type and shadow? If Abraham had just had Ishmael, the children of Israel would have had no place there. Because God wouldn't accept Ishmael. <laughs> type had to be right. Take now thy son, thine only son, and offer him up to me. So even the type had to be right, okay? So when I come into this, I'm at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's where I'm at. How did I get there? By the Spirit of God. God wants to reveal his son in me. What's holding him back? Probably me. <laughs> Probably nothing but me. When the heart shall turn to the Lord, Paul writes, the veil is taken away. The veil that's done away is taken, removed away from the heart. That we can begin to see as it is in him. Now, we can't see there till the veil is gone because the veil of flesh will persuade us to something different. See, if I look out at everything out of the flesh, I'll see something very different than the truth that's in Christ. But when I begin to see the truth that's in Christ, I'll begin to receive that and I'll begin to declare it and I'll begin to manifest it because he lives in me. Not because I'm any powerful saint and I'm this overpowering saint. It's because he that overcame the world lives in me. That's why. I didn't become the super saint. The super one lives in me. Now, the life of the super one is to be made known. So let's go on down in Peter here. Because this in Peter is real good. I know we've read it, but let's go on down here. I'm in the Berean Standard Bible or Study Bible. Therefore, verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, I thought grace was given to me before he was revealed. Well, it was. There was the grace of his that was applied in his death, but here's the grace that's applied in his life. This is... I believe grace of God, Christ living in me, the, the nature and knowledge of the Lord being made known to me. I believe that's the grace of God because I didn't earn that. It's given. It's grace. It's given. Divine influence upon the heart, like Sister Darlene said this past Sunday morning. The divine influence upon the heart is what Christ has already done. 
could influence our heart and our minds that we believe it. <laughs> we agree with it. We begin to walk in it. So we have that influence of God in our hearts. So grace is given at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When I begin to see the revelation of Jesus Christ, sometimes I think, Lord, this is, this can't be so. This ain't what everybody told me. <laughs> but it's what you're telling me, Lord. And it's, and it's like joy unspeakable and full of glory. That Christ lives in me. And then I begin to see how great he lives in me. You know, it's one thing to see that he lives in you. And then you begin to see how great he is that lives in you. Because he just keeps growing. Well, he ain't growing. We just keep growing him <laughs> to a greater view of him, right? So we, so we come on down here. And Peter says, as obedient children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance, but just as he was holy, so be so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on the Father who judges each one's work impartially, conduct yourselves in reverent fear during your stay as foreigners, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. You, what? Inherited from your fathers, forefathers. We inherited this empty way of life that we had in Adam. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or spot, we've been redeemed. That's what he's saying. We were redeemed from this life we inherited. He. Now, verse 20, he was known before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And, and so your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls by obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine love for the brothers, love one another deeply from a pure heart. For you have been born again. That's what that word means. To beget again. Beget into a new life. For you have been. Past tense. Not going to be. You have been born again into a new life. And he tells you what this is. Not a perishable seed. Remember, the corruptible shall put on incorruption. You've been born of a imperishable seed. Consider that. You're born in him. Through the living and enduring word of God, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory, like the flowers of the field, the grass withers, the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever, and this is the word that was proclaimed to you. And I wrote in my notes, he is proclaimed to, to us. This is where we are, that we may be one. It is putting on this life. And then I wrote a note, how do I put this on? 
This is life that you may know the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. So how I put it on is I'm renewed in the knowledge of him by the Spirit of God showing me Christ. That's how I put it on. And what I'm putting on is incorruption. Because I'm hearing the voice. That's like a trumpet. And the voice like a trumpet catches you up out of the earth. <laughs> into the heavens. What do you find in the heavens? You find him. He's the Lord from heaven. He's the Lord of glory. So as Brother Jimmy says, we're out of the mully grubs into that of him. <laughs> Amen. Renewed in the spirit of our mind to him, to what he's done, to what he's accomplished, not to what we were in some bygone day, that's what a lot of dear brothers and sisters believe, that God's renewing us back to what we were in some bygone day. And I want to almost come out of my skin and say, honey, is it better to be renewed to what you were in some bygone day, or is it better to be renewed to what he is? Which one is better? Is he better? He's your life. So God saved the best one for Last. <laughs> First ones of the earth earthy. The second is the Lord from heaven. It's not first, which is spiritual, but natural. Afterwards, that which is spiritual. So the renewing of their mind is coming to know him what he's done, how that applies to you and I as his body, the church which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. That's, that's the, a renewed mind. I'm, I, and, and you ask me, how long is it going to take for it to get renewed? I, I, I just look at him and say, eternally, Lord. Lord, I'd like it all to be done right now, but eternally do it to me. Every day, every minute, every second, here you go. Take my mind and renew it, Father. <laughs> Glory to God. Because I need it renewed to you. What you have done in Christ. That's my inheritance. That's where my faith sat. That's where we're built at. That's how brethren become one. You know why? Because when we're built up in the knowledge of him, we're not trying to be better than everybody else. Our egos are gone because, because the one that we're after is him. It brings a unity into the fellowship of the Lord. What's well, a union because we're united with him and he's the head of the body. And Paul tells us this, I'm going to stop in Ephesians 2, but he tells us this in Ephesians 2. 
that we walked according to the course of this world. We walked past tense. That's where we walked. As man born of woman, we walked flesh and blood, can't inherit the kingdom of God. Man born of woman can't inherit the kingdom of God, that flesh and blood. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. You must be born of water and spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Is it the washing of the water of the word? Now, I've taught water baptism for years. I ain't against it. I water baptize you tomorrow, okay? So I'm not doing away with it. But we're washed by this word. And we begin to see and enter into what he is. Amen. Through this word. It's a living gospel, a living word. And see, Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, and we've read it so many times, but it's so good. And you have he quickened. Or I'll read it out of the Berean standard. I've got them both here. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you used to walk when you conformed to the ways of this world and to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit who is now at work in the sons of disobedience. All of us also lived among them at one time, fulfilling the cravings of our flesh and indulging its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature children of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our trespasses. It is by grace you have been saved, and, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, I believe that could be age, but we'll, we'll just say ages, he might display the surpassing riches of his grace. And you say, well, Brother Wayne, why do you believe that could be age instead of ages? Because Paul says in another place that we're in the, un, and I'm probably not going to say it just right, but the unending age, the eternal age of God, because <laughs> he's making it known in this time, this last time, God has raised up Christ and raised us up with Christ and seated with him, seated with him in heavenly realms. What if our minds were renewed to that? Seated with him. Does darkness overcome him? No. No. Does despair overcome the Lord? No. So if our minds and our hearts are renewed in the knowledge of him, raised, quickened with him, made alive, raised with him, joined together in his resurrection, seated with him in heavenly places, that in the ages to come we might do what? We might condemn the world. No. Oh, that he might display his surpassing riches of his grace demonstrated by his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith and that it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can 
boast, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance as our way of life. Wow. Wow. And there's one other scripture I want that I was combining with this, but it's in another place. It's in Ephesians, Ephesians 3, 10. His purpose, Ephesians 3, 10. Let's flip over there. Was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished, not going to accomplish, but that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our minds would just get flooded with him. Our thought, our hearts. God, reveal your son in me. That's not a doctrine or a teaching. That's the very life of God to fill our souls. Father, reveal the eternal word of God that we can live in your presence, walk in your courts, sing your praise, manifest your glory. Oh, dear God, show us Jesus Christ, our Lord, and let us become the savor of him in everything we do in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.